This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. This is the Adam Gold Show. Good pace to it. And Mike Maniscalco uses that term, and we're going to get to Mike Maniscalco in the roundtable. Camelot. Camelot. It's only a model. Sir Mike of the Mike Maniscalcos, the voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, first appearance on the roundtable. And Randy Slack, the voice of Wilmington. Everything that happens in Wilmington, Randy Slack, I think, voices it from ESPN Wilmington. And I thank you. I thank Randy. I guess he is our returning champion because Randy was here uh, last week. All right, so let's start with you, Mike Maniscalco. We're going to talk baseball here because I know you're a baseball guy, and I'm going to we're going to make Randy a baseball guy if he's not already. Um, but I want to start with the uh, with the Hurricanes and the move that they made today, which I think will alarm fans. Although, as I said earlier, we'll call this a paper move. And Jordan Martinook was placed on waivers today. And the way I look at it, and I was coached by this uh, at this by Corey Lavalette of North State Journal and The Athletic, that this is just a paper move to get to the salary ceiling, if you will, for $86.55 million. Um, but, man, how alarming would it be for fans for Jordan Martinook to not be here? I, I think it would be very alarming for some. And uh, I think the big reason why is when you look at what he does, Adam, he is that emotional spark plug in the mm-hmm. locker room. He's, he's those guys that you look to uh, to be a leader. There's a reason why there's a letter on his sweater, and I think that's the alarming part of it. Also, for me, you need players like Jordan Martinook who are the energy guys who will play through anything. You know, for, for Jordan Martinook, I, I always want him to get through the season healthy, and there always <laughs> seems to be something yeah. that has – nagged him and we haven't been able to get the best of him along those lines but uh Corey is right and with Jake Gardner being put on the LTIR you have to do these for lack of a better term salary cap gymnastics Mm -hmm. and you need to get as close as you possibly can to that 86 point you know nine repeating pie number that we seem to get to uh so when you get into the rest of the regular season you can start banking more cap space when it's it's allowed to do that. So it's stuff that uh, Eric Tulski and Darren York, the assistant general managers, and Don Waddell, people who are far, far smarter uh, than I am, uh, Nigel Wheeler as well, uh, they're in charge of this. They know the numbers they have to get to. So on paper, it's alarming. And I will be surprised because of the kind of player that Martinuk is uh, if he doesn't at least garner interest from somebody. So we'll we'll see tomorrow – at noon, mm-hmm. if anybody was interested in the Canes alternate captain, Jordan Martinuk. And I would imagine that some team out there uh, could use a guy who is a, a leader in the locker room and can take young players under his wing and, and plays a gritty kind of game and is a heck of a penalty killer, by the way. Yeah, he, he is a good penalty killer. And, you know, the what they miss when Martinuk's not in the lineup is nobody yelling Mr. Svechnikov, uh <laughs> in the locker room before the game. Uh, Randy Slack, the voice of Wilmington uh, on ESPN Wilmington. What do you think, if I had to ask you, because I know you're a fan because you, you you constantly don't call me to talk uh, about the Hurricanes uh, on Slack on Sports. Um, what do you think the reason is that this franchise has not only become good, but has now become, as people have said to me, the hunted in the East? 
Well, I mean, you know, it starts with the development. You know, you look at the AHL roster, you look at Chicago, they're always good. They're always developing good players uh, in Carolina. And I think that that, you know, it, it shows. It feels a little bit like, you know, with the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, it's a team that constantly is building within the organization. And they're a team that it seems like, logistically they've kind of they know what they're doing and they can consistently win and can can consistently compete the problem is it's great to be at this point but i want to see when they're going to get to that next point Mm. with this organization yeah mike if you had to uh put a word on what the reason is or i don't know a name on what the reason is and those are probably the same thing uh what would it be I won't go with a word, but I'll go with when the playoffs roll around, it's been lack of scoring. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty obvious. And uh, you can point to the top players where the offense seems to dry up. I know last year it was easy to point to the power play that evaporated guys when we got to the, the postseason. But that's honestly the one glaring thing. If you look for a, a single thread you can pull from when this team had that great run four years ago when nobody expected it to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, the offense dried up against Boston with, with reason. Boston was a really good defensive team. Right. But that's that's been the thing you take a look at. The consistent offense goes away when the playoffs come around. But, by the way, it goes away for everybody in the playoffs. It's, it's <laughs> not just a, a Canes thing. But you've got to find a way uh, your best players have to consistently show up on the scoreboard in every series. It, it just can't be we're going to show up in the first round or it's going to happen, you know, sporadically through the playoffs. Your best players have to do that. Uh, I think that to a man, Sebastian Ajo, Tavo Teravine, and Andrei Sveshnikov, now that they are this deep into their career and they're this deep in the playoff side of it, they understand what it takes. But uh, those that's the one thing that I think is the easiest thing to point to. Look, for for me, who is – I've covered this team, obviously, for, gosh, 25 years. Uh, there's a 25th anniversary Canes Corner podcast that people want to check out. Oh, by the way, Canes Corner, the show – Starring Mike Maniscalco, uh, locally in Raleigh at Backyard Bistro, returns at the end of October. You can hear it on the fan, uh, but Mike will be out. Did you, do you know who your first guest is yet, or you, is it, are you still efforting? Uh, still efforting. I've heard some names bandied about, uh, but I am not at liberty to okay. share. I'm not at liberty to share any um, beard grooming tips at this point ah, in time. Very <laughs> nice. You just did. I love it. I'm so glad you did that. Um, on October on October 26th at 7 o'clock, get back here. October 26th, 7 o'clock, and I'll just put his initials on my sheet right here. Um, I think the reason why this team is in the playoffs comes down to one guy, and I think it comes down to the head coach, Rod Brindamore, and so much of everything, and I, I, I just want your take, because I know, Randy, as much as anything, you're a fan too. Uh, as much as anything about this organization over the last 25 years, Rod Brindamore coming here via trade, being willing to stay and sign long-term, and then realizing that this was home, I think is every other organization would kill for somebody like this to lead them, and I think that's what sets this organization apart. What do you think about that, Randy? Yeah, um, you know, before Rod and I, you know, when he's been here, whether it was a player or as a coach, it, he does add that uh, bit of legitimacy to it. And to your point, you know, it's nice to have a guy who, you know, the players can, you know, relate to. It's nice that the fans have that connection with him. 
And it's so rare that you have a guy like that who's played and is now the coach of a team that you can, that you've had success with in both ways. A lot of times it's one or the other to, to have it for like this, for the Canes fans is really awesome. All right. Now let's get to, uh, get to baseball. I'm, I'm curious, Randy Slack, if you had Aaron Judge's 62 home run ball, what would you do with it? I would offer it to him. Um, as much as I hate the hoopla over it and the overblown for the fact that a guy is sixth place or seventh place all time, whatever it is, he seems like a great guy. He's a genuine dude. And if he wants that ball, I would offer it to him. And if and then – so be it. If if he want, lets me sell it, then great. I'll sell it and I'll make a bunch of money and maybe I can buy a one bedroom house in Wilmington with the uh, with that money. But uh, yeah, I would av- absolutely offer it to him first. And if he doesn't want it, any Yankee fan that wants to overpay for it is more than welcome to. Uh, a, a, an auction house, Mike, in Southern California, offered the guy who caught the ball offered him two million dollars for it which means it's worth at least four. <laughs> so what would you do with it? Uh, I'm, I'm much like Randy. By the way, I think it's really cool that Randy has the old PA system from the original Yankee Stadium on this call with the echoes. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, I mean, I, that I can't put a price tag on. But uh, first off, and, and this will be my Yankee fandom coming out, uh, while he might be seventh all-time on the list, he is the American League all-time home run single-season champion. So there's, I guess, a little value. Uh, to that if right. you're into such things when the leagues used to never play each other. Uh, but right. for me, uh, I would the ball belongs to baseball. It belongs to the Hall of Fame. It doesn't belong to me. I'm, I'm with Randy. I would give it back to the player. I'd give it back to the team. And if, you know, he was kind enough to do what Roger Maris did all those years ago, say keep it and sell it, yeah. uh, then I would go and do that. But uh, I, I know it's easy to say when we don't have it, but for me, that's that's always been my take. It, it's not mine. It, it, it belongs to it belongs to history. It, it belongs in Cooperstown. It's five million dollars in your hand, and that is the, that that is the pull for a lot of people. I think it's it's an easier conversation to have if you're not financial. You, if you don't well, like, we could all use that, five million dollars, right? Though. Adam, isn't the guy who caught the ball, like, isn't he some kind of financier? So, I mean, he doesn't need the Oh, money. no, no, he doesn't need the money. So, if I were in his financial position, it would be an easy one. I would hand the ball back to Aaron Judge. Yeah. Uh, but as, like, I don't know what anybody's financial situation is. I know what mine is. Like, I could use $5 million, right? I'll make, I'll just, how about this? You, you make a deal. All right, give me, give me season tickets for the Yankees. Right. We, we don't live there. But give me season tickets for a year, and I'll sell all the season tickets for a year, and I'll recoup money that way. There and you go. Whatever other memorabilia you want to give me. You, you can make this a win-win. No question about it. I would hand the ball back and kind of hope. Kind of hope exactly. that, that, it would, uh, that it would work out in my favor. Uh, don't hold it for ransom, but here's my list of demands. <laughs> don't hold it for ransom. However, uh, I'm holding it for ransom. Uh, Randy, the commissioner of Major League Baseball said – that the record book is the record book. Let fans view the record however they want. Is is Rob Manfred telling fans that he also views Aaron Judge as the home run record holder? 
Well, I mean, there's obviously the New York bias with Major League Baseball as it is. Uh, did we ever get that document unsealed with the Yankees and their cheating and all that stuff that was supposed to happen a few <laughs> months ago? I haven't heard about it, so I'm just kind of curious. So clearly he's in the bag for the Yankees as it is. So, uh, yeah, he's going to – if he wants to make that the record, God bless him. He can make that the record. The record's 73. By the way, 2019 – Major League Baseball hit 67 home runs. They hit 52 home runs this year. If Barry Bonds had 2019 baseballs, does he hit 100 home runs in a season? Um, He might. But I, I saw a story yesterday that said that Aaron Judge, with the juiced balls of the of a couple of years ago, would have hit 81 this but year. But he played a few years ago. Right, but, th- but that wasn't Aaron Judge a few years. This is Aaron Judge this year. That if he used those yeah. baseballs, he would have hit 81. Do you, Mike, do you think Rob Manford was fueling the fire of the debate? Sure. I mean, has he ever made a decision that's made any baseball fan happy? And that's why that's I, love, I, love fans like, I love fans like Randy because, as you know, everything's slanted for the Yankees in the last, what, 23 World Series they've won in, in a row, right, in conjunction, <laughs> that and the Mets. You're a Mets fan, Adam, right? Haven't we just been living in the greatest era of New York baseball because okay, I the commissioner says so? So, I mean, keep rolling with that. But where Randy is right, 73 is the record. Barry Bonds is right. the Right, and that's the thing. But, but here's it. the way I look at it, and what I don't think is is right is for, like Jeff Passan said this the other day on Twitter, uh, that 73 is the – Aaron Judge had a remarkable season. 73 is the record. End of discussion. And I say it's not the end of the discussion. Because it's it's okay to have the discussion because of what we know about Bonds and McGuire and Sosa, the only players ever to hit more than 60 home runs in a season, not named Maris, and Ruth, of course, hit 60. So it's okay to have the discussion, and I think it's healthy, but I also don't want to make assumptions that everybody in baseball, and I'm not accusing anybody, that everybody in baseball today is clean because there's drug testing, because we just saw Fernando Tatis Miss out. He will not be on the field for the Padres because he tested positive for a performance-enhancing drug. All right. Uh, very quickly, let's get some baseball predictions from the two of you, and then we'll let you go. Uh, Randy, I'm making you a baseball fan today. you got no choice. Um, uh, who's winning the World Series? I love the Houston Astros. Uh, they are a model of consistency. They've been very, very good for a long time. Uh, the, the way they keep churning out players is tremendous. And honestly, it's kind of just a fun little thing to have that storyline of a, of a team that had a World Series championship tarnished for that team to come back and win one this many years later. It would be a fun story. And they're really, really good. And I'm they tired are. of the Dodgers. <laughs> tired of the Dodgers? Um, yes. Look, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't disagree with any of that. Part of me also, even though he's been sort of a punchline at times, would like to see Dusty Baker. Uh, get one, Mike. One hundred percent, Mike. Who's winning it? Uh, I was gonna say the Los Angeles Dodgers, but after Randy told me that the fix <laughs> New York team, uh, I'll just go with the Yankees. Then a Subway <laughs> Series Part Two. I would love that. And by the way, I, I have told everybody, Adam, and this might have your jaw hit the floor because you know uh, how adamantly I am against the Mets and the Boston Red Sox. But if the Mets play the Houston Astros in the World Series. It will be the first time since 1986 that I actually cheer for the Mets to win a baseball game. Ooh, uh, yeah, I know the Yankees and the Astros don't like each other now. It's been yeah, it's, I, yeah. for, 
for your dusty reasons, I would like to see Buck Showalter win a World Series title. Ah, uh, me too. Uh, I like Buck. I love Buck. I'm glad, uh, you know, the Mets won 101 games. There's no reason. They, keep the, they blew a 10-and-a-half game lead. They won 101 games. I, I, I don't see the problem. The Braves are really good. Uh, I think we're going to see a Houston-Atlanta World Series rematch with the other team winning this time. Uh, Mike Maniscalco, the voice of the Carolina Hurricanes. Randy Slack, the voice of Wilmington. I appreciate both of you. Uh, I will talk to both of you soon. Mike, I'll see you Wednesday night. Yeah, see you then. Take care. Randy, nice seeing you. All right, that was fantastic. It was good for everybody. We thank Mike Maniscalco. We thank Randy Slack. Talked a little baseball, talked a little hockey. Normally, we spend all of our time here talking football, but baseball playoffs underway. Uh, officially, I, th- I think officially, the Rays and Guardians played the first game of their series in 219. What is this sorcery? A fast moving, well, it was well pitched. Both starters, I believe, went uh, seven innings. Actually, uh, Cleveland starter uh, Shane Bieber pitched eight. It was it was a well pitched game. Both runs were scored on home runs. Uh, Jose Siri. So they, Dennis. Let me. I just want to get this right. Tampa asked Siri to hit a home run, and he did. Sorry, had to. No, it's fine. And then Jose Ramirez hit a two-run home run in the bottom half of that inning. I think both home runs came in the sixth. Correct. Tampa uh, Tampa took a one nothing lead, top of the sixth, on a Jose Siri mm-hmm. home run. And then Jose Ramirez with a man on uh, went deep, and it was 2-1. That was it. That was all the – there weren't a lot of hits either. There was just not a lot of action. I saw a couple of good defensive plays out of the corner of my eye because we have the game on in the uh, in the studio. But two, I think it was two nineteen officially was the length of the game. And now we've got the Cardinals and Phillies on ABC right now. And we've got two other games left. We have the Jays hosting the Mariners. And then later on tonight on ESPN, it's the Padres at the Mets. All right, we should do the best and worst of the NFL. And there is a lot of competition for the latter. All right, do we have, uh, do we have fancy football music? Here we go. I love it. All right. I'm going to start with the bottom because the bottom is more fun. Okay. All right. Uh, coming in at number 28 in the NFL. This is fifth worst, right? Uh, we have the Giants, the Colts, the Bears, and the Rams <laughs> all tied for 28th. Okay. The Giants, the Colts, the Bears, and the Rams. Like, there are some good records there. The Giants are 3-1. and one. Yeah. The Colts are two, two and one. The Bears are two and two. The Rams are two and two. They all stink. Yeah. The Rams just won a Super Bowl. But right now, they stink. And I don't know what the reasons are for the Rams stinking other than other than Cooper Cup, who they throw into. Yeah, Allen Robinson's been a major disappointment. Is he still there? Is he in witness protection? What's going on there? I'm glad I don't have him on a, on my fantasy team. Yeah, Although I everybody do. else on my fantasy team is hurt. I, everybody's. It doesn't yeah. matter. I don't care. Uh, but the Giants have a beautiful record and a bad football team. Now, they are in – the Giants are in London to play the Packers Sunday morning. 
on your uh, on your television at nine o'clock. The Colts won a football game last night because they couldn't give both teams losses. The records the the rules say that both teams can't lose, but both teams deserved to lose yesterday. So that is tied for twenty eighth. Those uh, those four teams are tied for twenty eighth. All right, uh, at number twenty nine, fourth worst, the Patriots. The Steelers, the Saints, and the Broncos. Mm -hmm. They also stink. All four of them also stink. Now, I'm sorry for your Steelers. I really, really love Mike Tomlin. Oh. (laughs) Do you think they're better than that? I think they are. (laughs) I think they are. You think Kenny Pickett is going to turn them around? (sighs) Matt Canada is the issue, but that's different. Right, no, no. Like, but... But yes, I honestly think so, yeah. Unfortunately, it's a team, right? Yeah. So, I agree with you. I think their bigger problem is uh, scheme, right? Mm. What they're what they're trying to do. I like some of the pieces. I think they have dynamite receivers, and I, who knows about Pickett? I really don't know. Nobody really knows about Pickett. Uh, I love Najee Harris, although he's got injury issues all the time, it seems. Um, yeah, he's been a little nicked this year, but yeah. last year he was... Healthy through the whole season. Right, but I just, I just never saw him, like, dominate. Right, because their offensive line has been so just not good. Uh, all right, so that's number uh, – so what what did, we, what did I just have there? I'd, that was 29. I had eight teams. Yeah. Fifth worst and fourth worst combined. All right, now we only have uh, one team each. Okay. Number 30, the Washington Commandos. No. They're not good. No, they're, they're not. They're, you know what's really funny about the Commandos is that Daniel Snyder is blaming previous ownership for the culture of Washington as though we're all stupid and don't remember previous ownership of the Washington franchise. Because Jack Kent Cook and his family are you, are you are you trying to blame them? Yeah. For this? Yeah, you've been around for over 20 years. The the Cook family were really good owners. Mm-hmm. You, on the other hand, what's the opposite of that? Stink. You, Daniel Snyder is quite possibly the worst owner in all of team sports. There are people who have had their teams taken away. Robert Sarver will sell the Phoenix Suns. Um, Donald Sterling was forced to sell the L.A. Clippers. Jerry Richardson willingly sold the Carolina Panthers. George Steinbrenner was suspended. There are, legitimately, there are owners that have had their teams taken from them Mm -hmm. who aren't even in the same stratosphere as Snyder is as a bad owner. If the NFL had a pair, they would force him out. But they don't because some of the things that Snyder has been accused of and has found to do, has been found to have done, there's enough of it going on around the NFL where nobody wants dirty laundry aired. So they're not going to kick Snyder to the curb. They're just not. But remember when Adam Silver said, we, you, we, I think we talked about this, um, Dennis, when Adam Silver said that, you know, there's only, there's only so much I can do, I can find him, I can take 
But once what Silver wanted to do, and I contend did work behind the scenes, was to mobilize an ownership group to say to Robert Sarver, you got to go. And that can be done if you're the NFL. Yeah. Roger Goodell could get an ownership group together to say, you know what? You got to go. You got to put your team on the on the market. By the way, the Washington football team would probably sell for $5 billion. Yeah. Daniel Snyder didn't buy it for $5 billion. Yeah. But uh, it would it would sell for $5 billion. All right, that's number uh, number 30. Number uh, 31. Okay. The still winless Houston Texans. Ah. They are 0-3-1. They have a tie. That's true. They drew in their uh, opening match against Indianapolis. That's the uh, the Colts tie. They almost we almost had two ties. When was the last time a team had two ties on their record? Oh gosh, I have to. I'm, now it's worth going back to look at. Uh, but yeah, the Texans are no good. I feel bad. Love. I feel bad for Lovey Smith. He's the he's the head coach there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for him because that's the job he was left to. Like they're no good, and they're not going to be all that good for a while. Thirty-two. Hurts. It hurts. Yeah. But the Carolina Panthers are the worst team in the league. Yeah. Sad. And they're the worst team in the league because they have no offensive hope right now. Mm-hmm. They have Christian McCaffrey. And that's it. That's about it. That's that that is it right now. They have some other good pieces. I mean, DJ Moore's a good piece. Yeah. But they don't get him the ball. No. Nope. So I don't know what are we doing here? All right, do I get to roll through my bottom five? Go through your bottom five. Okay, so 28 for me is Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator <laughs> for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It stinks. That guy's play calling is awful. NC State fans disagree. Oh. No, wait. No, 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 no. They, no. Don't. they agree. They 100% are <laughs> pounding the table. Yeah, yeah, that guy. You think they would take Matt Canada back, though? No. Right now? No. Really? No. No. It's a good poll question. <laughs> All right, number 29 for me. Front office executives who think they can revitalize former first-round quarterbacks. Uh-huh. Because guess what? The only time that somewhat has worked in the NFL in the last 10 years is Ryan Tannehill. That's right, but, really it. But that was a particular style. I know, but I said right? somewhat worked. Yes. That's oh, it. Oh, it definitely worked for what? Uh, Tennessee wanted to do. Yeah, hand the ball to Derrick Henry all day. Exactly, and then Ryan Tannehill play action, just throw throw a handful of good passes. It, I will it say made Tannehill a lot of money. I will say jury's still out. Jared Goff, he's put up good numbers for the Lions oh, so no far, good. but the he's put up good numbers, yeah. but the team isn't winning. Nevertheless, so anyway, good, but he's fun. They're fun. Number three. So this is number thirty for me. People who hype the AFC West. The AFC West outside of the Chiefs stink. You and me. Yeah. You and me. I think the Chargers are talented. We say that every year about uh-huh. them because we know they are, but they always – they probably have more games missed amongst their stars than any team in the NFL right. over the last 10 years. And more games lost that they should have won yes. at the same time. Mm-hmm. You and I were talking about this before the before the show about great quarterbacks in the league. I am hesitant to put Justin Herbert on that list. And it might not be his fault. It might be the Chargers as a team. Yeah. It might be their fault. But I got to see more winning out of Justin Herbert before. Because I they've got talent. Talent is not the issue. Mm-hmm. you got plenty of talent. I need to see more winning from Justin Herbert before I put him on that list. All right. Number 31 for me. Whatever college hires Matt Rule. <laughs> that, 
that's number 31 in the Beautiful. NFL for me. Beautiful. And number 32, dead last. I got to go Nathaniel Hackett. Just he stinks. Let's just be honest. That guy, terrible. <laughs> he is way out of his league. Yeah, but here's the thing. His father was a, a, a respected football coach. Okay. And he's white. So he's going to get a job. Yeah. Right? He's going to get a job. I mean, I it's a formula. Yeah. All right, it's all. And he was the he was at in Green Bay, so he was there with uh what's his name? Aaron Rodgers. Uh well no, we, the, was there with Matt LaFleur, yeah. who was with uh had some connection to was, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, who had connection to Sean McVay. Sean McVay, and, right. And so all that, yeah. they all they had lunch at a Wendy's together and that was enough. Oh, okay. All right. Now Frosties the for everyone. Exactly, very good. I love your list, by the way. Thank you. Now the uh one through five or five through one. Number five. The Dallas Cowboys. Okay. So, they've won all three games with the backup quarterback. And I'm not saying the backup quarterback should continue to play. That's not the point. The point is, what it's demonstrating is that they have a very good team. Mm -hmm. And they don't need Dak Prescott to come back and be a superstar. They just need Dak Prescott to be good. That's it. We're setting the bar pretty low for you, Dak. Don't screw it up. I think the team can run the ball. They have good possession. They have good receivers. They have a great defense. They can get to the quarterback. Dallas number five. Number four, Green Bay. I I keep hearing about Green Bay. They're Aaron Rodgers, that offense not good. Yeah, you know what? They'll be fine. And maybe they won't, but I'm pretty sure that they'll be fine. Uh, and they're going to uh play the Giants in London. Again, it's football. Anything could happen. I think the Giants stink, and I think the Packers are really good. I get the Packers at number four. Number three, the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are the class of the NFC. And I'm going to have to be proven otherwise by a good team. Although, ain't a lot of good teams in the NFC. No. I mean, Cowboys, Packers, Bucks. Not a a lot of great offensive teams. I think the Eagles might have a great offense. Yeah. So, and I love their defense. Uh, number two, Kansas City. And number one, even after a loss, I had him. And even after being down 20-3, to three, I was talking to uh, uh, my wife, who's not a Buffalo Bills fan, but from that area. She goes, what's, what's up with Buffalo? I'm like, ah, I still think they're great, even if they're going to get blown out. She says, what? They, you don't think they could win? I said, ah, they're probably too far down. Then they came back and won. I think the Bills are the best team. Bills yeah. Bills number one. All right, number five for me, Bailey Zappi and Cooper Rush Truthers because they're loving life right now. Was Bailey Zappi that good? No. <laughs> but there are people who say, like, oh, yeah, I had that guy graded high. Oh, I knew that guy was going to be well, developmental. He, he was. Oh, like, yeah. He might be a good developmental quarterback. But. Yeah, I wanted to say those people are loving life right now because, <laughs> hey, look, see how right I was? You didn't listen to me then. Look how right I am. And, like, see, Cooper Rush is going to get a starting job in the league now. He, oh, I, actually. He's the next Kyle Allen. He's the next, uh, what is it, uh, was it Matt Quinn? Who was the Packers? Oh, Matt back- Flynn. Matt Flynn. Yeah, Matt Flynn. The Packers backup, went to Seattle, signed a, a free agent contract, then they drafted Russell Wilson, yep. and we have not seen uh, Flynn since. Yeah, I think he played maybe one more game. He played preseason <laughs> games, and then yes. it went and ended up going back to the Packers as a backup, I think. Yeah. 
All right, number four, T.J. Watt. <laughs> T.J. Watt, number four it, for me in the NFL. You know why? Since he's been drafted, Steelers have not won a game when T.J. Watt has missed a game. Really? Yes. MVP. Oh, exactly. MVP. Over. Find the you line. Put, you put Wait. wins and losses on quarterbacks while putting wins and losses on them, on, on T.J. Watt. Steelers haven't won a game where he's missed. So Simple Bailey Zappi went 10 of 15 yep. for 99 yards. That completion percentage is efficient, Adam. He threw a touchdown and a total Q, a QBR of uh, 15.9. There, See, exactly. A QBR <laughs> rating lower than Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Just saying. All right, number three for me, I'm also going to go to the Eagles. Okay. I think, but here's my, my question about Philadelphia. Can they sustain their level of play throughout the whole season? Because I think they are right now the best version of themselves. They are playing at their peak. Mm-hmm. Can you do that for 18 weeks? The Eagles. Yes. I think they are playing their best version of themselves as opposed to some teams right now who are that will continue to progress and grow during the season. I don't know if they will. I think you have a that's a a, a good point and a smart way to look at the NFL, which is the way I've always looked at it. It's three seasons. There's the start, which can be fool's gold. Yeah. So I think that there is that possibility with Philadelphia. Um, they will go through a lull. Sure. Uh, there's, every team will go through a funk. But I think ultimately the way they're structured, I think they'll come back. And I think their game, which is based on the run, I think their game will travel and will translate when we get into December and January. Number two for me, the Chiefs. Yep. Not just because of their offense, but I think they've revamped their defense. Yeah. I think their defense is much improved. And number one for me is Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Gosh. What a dude. Yeah. What a dude. Because he is their offense. Yeah, he is, but let's he not is. There's zero running game. There's zero running well, game it's not outside that, of him. I think they have a running game. They don't, no. they don't have one guy that they rely on. But I think they can run it, and they have Stephon Diggs, well, Diggs who is, is maybe the best wide receiver in the game. This is the Adam Gold Show. I chose William Peace because of the personalized education it offers, which allows students to truly know their professors. It's really possible to make genuine connections with your professors and learn intentionally here and dive deep into what you're passionate about. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu.